Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, we're having a fight now. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I have to just take this on to the air. Brandon Phillips has been my stage manager and one of my dearest friends now for going on five years since we began Get Up here at the Seaport in New York. And he's the biggest Jet fan I know. And I just asked him the question, do you want to see Zach Wilson play again this season? And he said, no, Mike White is playing too well to not want to see him finish out the season. And I said, let the record show that the Jets have won seven games this year and four of them came with Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback. That's more than half, despite the fact that he has only started half of their games. Five of them. Excuse me. He's, they've won five of them with him as the starting quarterback. And Brandon said, well, he might have been present, but he was on the field, but it wasn't the reason they won. Let's talk about that. Can we just have a moment where we talk about that? The game against the Steelers when they needed a last-minute drive to take them down the field. Who did that? Was that Mike White? Did I miss it? Was that Joe Flacco? No, no, that was Mike. That was that was him. That was Zach. The game against the Dolphins that probably anybody would have won because the Dolphins were playing their third string quarterback. They lost Teddy Bridgewater, I, I think, on the first snap of the game, or whatever it was, very early. Do you have any of these numbers in front of you? I mean, I, I, what what were his numbers? Not to make. I mean, Zach Wilson went three and one this season in games in which he did not throw a touchdown. Okay, pass. I, that's I, not a strategy. He was fourteen out of twenty-one for two hundred and ten yards in that game against a pretty decent Dolphins defense. The next week, they beat the Packers. They went to Green Bay and they beat the Packers. Zach Wilson, he didn't throw the football a lot. That was when Brees Hall really had emerged and had become like a superstar. And they did it a lot on the ground. Then they went and they beat the Broncos, who I, I grant are a terrible team. Zach Wilson, the numbers are pedestrian. So, but they, they're winning is the point I'm making. But the, fact, the point we're making is that Zach Wilson being the quarterback in those wins is merely incidental. And that if Mike White had been the quarterback, they probably would have beaten New England twice. All I'm saying to you is this, that I want nothing more in the world than the best case scenario to happen. And obviously... Mike White turning out to be an outstanding quarterback would be del- no one would be happier than me. I'll go out, I'll buy the jersey, I'll rename the kids, I'll have little Mike Greenberg and little White Greenberg. We already have a Mike Greenberg, but I will rename them however they must be renamed. I'll do it however you want. I don't care. I just want to see the team win. Why are you laughing? Because I, didn't, I, I was looking at you, not Brendan's pretty much at the desk now. Yeah, Brandon <laughs> so has, has just moved over. He just rolled himself <laughs> into the shot in. because he wants to talk. And, and, and so I, here's the point. What are, you, what are you pointing Nothing, at? Go ahead. What go is ahead. going on here? I'm, I'm losing track of all the things that are happening. <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing quarterback wins as a reason why Zach Wilson is good, and Zach Wilson is not good. And Zach Wilson isn't the reason they won those games. Uh, hold on real quick, Greeny. How many games has Mike White won? One. Uh, and he's lost two. And I think the problem what's happened here and why people everything's so skewed is that they were out of, like, they came back and made these games kind of, you know, respectful, right? Like, but they were... You know they were close to getting blown out by the Vikings, right? Like, yes, they and so so yeah. So I think we're just uh, I think we're falling way too much into this hype. And if you're a, I don't know, maybe because I'm not a Jeff fan, but there is no way in heck that I can end up this season. And let's say you 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 win these games, but you don't make the playoffs because two other teams get really hot, and you still don't know. You have absolutely no idea what Zach Wilson is. And that's what you're going to run into, I think, at this point in time. That you're going to sit there and look at Zach Wilson and be like, 
uh, yeah, what do we do with this guy? Like, right. are we are we going out and getting Jimmy G? Are we trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers because Jordan loves talking about if I'm not the starter, me and my agent have to figure <laughs> this out? Like, like, what are we doing? Uh, no, you're 100% right. And that's a heck of a matzo ball for the general manager to have to sell to the owner also. Yeah, we had the second pick in the draft last year, and two years later we can't even have him on the team anymore. That's a tough pill to swallow no matter how good everybody else looks. You said that you still believe that Zach Wilson's ceiling is considerably higher than Mike White's, correct? I mean, yes, I have to believe that. But what are you basing that off of? On, purely on arm talent and, and, and his mobility. Mike White can't run from here to there. Mike White is is the most if, is is immobile as a quarterback if can be. Anything Zach Wilson has taught us is that if you're ranking attri- quarterback attributes that matter, number one is your brain, number two is your feet, number three is your arm. And Zach Wilson there, if you're grading things one through ten, it's a one one nine. But like that doesn't add up to, to you know to that much. I don't think Zach Wilson's arm talent matters for bleep at this point, based upon everything that we've seen in two years. Well, we're going to find out, and and if so, then that's one of the worst picks of all time. Yeah. I mean, then, then that's, I mean, that's the second pick in the draft in a, in a quarterback-rich class that has Justin Fields in it and has Mac Jones, who's at minimum, I think, an average NFL quarterback in it, and yeah. who knows what happens with Trey Lance, and all those guys were drafted after him. If Mac Jones was the Jets quarterback this year, they would have, like, 10 wins right now. Yeah, I mean, that's possible, although I don't know he would have survived last year, but that's a whole other uh, situation. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Greeny's Takes. In the meantime, Hembo has put together a variety of questions for me here. The way this works, Hembo's primary job is as the content producer on Get Up. So he formulates all these questions and he asks them to Chris Canty and Dominique Foxworth and Kimberly Martin and all these other people who come on and answer them on Get Up. And I never get a chance to. So then he brings them here to my radio show and I get to answer the questions. And now you get, to, you get the real response, the ones you really need to hear. Go ahead, Hembo. What's the first question? Should the Lions build around Jared Goff or draft a quarterback in the top five. 100% build around Jared Goff. Jared Goff is one of the most disrespected, fairly accomplished players that we've ever seen. Like somehow we decided he was awful with the Rams. He took that team to the Super Bowl. He beat Drew Brees uh, Brees in, in an NFC championship game. And while I understand that they shouldn't have won that game based on maybe the worst call in NFL history... He also did lead them on game-winning drives there. They won playoff games. Then he gets traded. He just gets summarily dumped for a variety of reasons that we don't get into here. I think there were some questions about his commitment and focus and stuff like that. But he's 28 years old. He makes a very reasonable salary. By by starting quarterback standards in the NFL, he doesn't make a lot of money at all. (coughs) And he's playing great. So right now, trade that high pick that you have. By the way, that pick they have is the Rams pick. Trade that high pick, build that defense. I think you could be really good next year, and I don't think there's any obvious reason to think you're going to have a better quarterback than Jared Goff next season, no matter what you do. So that's definitively what I would do. What's next? Uh, would you give Tua an extension this offseason, the first one in which he is eligible, or would you go year to year? No, hell to the no. I mean, absolutely not. I, I'm, I, I am starting to think, I know the fans of Miami get mad at me, and they all accuse me for being uh, you know, a fan of an opposing team, and so I don't believe. That's fine. But here's the reality of it. Let's see what happens Saturday night in the cold weather. Uh, all I'm hearing from everybody is that when they played in L.A. this past weekend, the temperature was 55 degrees and they requested heaters on their bench. The last two weeks playing against good defenses, 
I feel like that they have been to some degree exposed. And I think the quarterback has been to some degree exposed. So that incredible run that the, the Dolphins went on when we were talking about Tua, they never lose when he plays, and they're undefeated, and he's an MVP candidate. They beat Pittsburgh, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans. Now, I'm not 100% convinced that wasn't a little smoke, smoke and mirrors. They got beat up by the 49ers, the Chargers, and I think Buffalo is going to snap them in half, almost what they did to Mike White, literally. So this Saturday night, I think, is a huge game for Tua. Because, look, prove me wrong. If Tua goes out there and plays a big game in the conditions in Buffalo, finds a way to win a tough road game in the division, something that basically no Miami quarterback has done since Dan Marino, then I think that changes everything. I think the perception of him changes completely. I do not expect that to happen. So my answer right now is I'm definitely going year to year. But Saturday night could change a lot. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. My takes, go. Who, uh, who should be the Patriots' offensive coordinator next season? I mean, the list is long. <laughs> uh, I, can t- I, I can definitively tell you who it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the people who are currently doing that job. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. I, 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 Mac Jones looks ready to me to smash his head into a wall. That kid is super smart, super high-strung, and I think he recognizes he knows infinitely more about offensive football than the people who are coaching him. I still can't believe Bill is doing it. So who should their offensive coordinator be next year? I don't know. Is Josh McDaniels going to get fired? If Josh McDaniels gets fired in Vegas, then that would sound like a good fit. Is Cliff Kingsbury going to get fired? If Cliff Kingsbury gets fired in Arizona, that might be a good fit, although he may wind up back in college, you know, where he had some success and, you know, the sad death of Mike Leach, sort of. A, he's a Mike Leach, um, you know, he's from that coaching tree or whatever it is, so maybe he might, you know, move in and, and coach at Mississippi State. I don't know anything. I'm just telling you what I've heard some of the people presenting out there as a possibility. But someone, I mean, someone who actually has coached offensive football for a living, I think should be Mac Jones's coach. Because I don't think that team is that far away, and I think that quarterback needs help, and I do not think he's getting it from the people who are currently there. you got time for one more. Go. Yes, Greeny. If Zach and, uh, Wilson is indeed broken, who should the Jets replace him with? You mean next year? I mean next year. I'm not into this Jimmy G stuff. Like, I I just, I'm not, I I know a lot of the Jet fans want Garoppolo. I think that's going to be very expensive, and I just don't think it's worth it. I don't don't think that Garoppolo elevates you from Mike White that much. Like, I'd like to see it elevated. But I think Mike White has a chance to be, at his best, an average NFL quarterback, and I think that's all Jimmy Garoppolo is. Now, the 49ers are a team that's good enough that with an average quarterback, they could win the whole thing. I don't know if the Jets are good. Actually, they may be, but I don't think you need to spend all that money on him to do it. I think next year, with a couple of well-placed moves, the Jets could have a roster good enough that an average NFL quarterback could lead them to a championship. I don't want to pay somebody whatever it is that I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get paid this offseason as a free agent to do it. Can I throw out some names? Go. These are free agents. Tom Brady. No. Tom Brady, no way. Geno Smith. No. Jacoby Brissett. No. Daniel Jones. Maybe not. Those are the free agents. Uh, two trade candidates. Go. Derek Carr. No. Ryan Tannehill. No. I don't like any of those better than the scenario that we're in. None of them. No. I, 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 if, if those are my options, then I'm sticking with what I've got, and I'm trying to make it work. Go ahead. Yell it out. 
Brandon is safe. Oh, my God. If Brandon says Gardner Minshew on this show one more time, I'm telling you right now, you are being expelled with great prejudice. There is no way in the world. He has said Gardner Minshew's name one too many times. Cheap and <laughs> cheap and easy is, is not the answer. He's just yelling out cheap. And I'm telling you right now, cheap and easy is not the direction you want to go for a Super Bowl quarterback. <laughs> As we continue, we need a quick green light on the last huge deal that is awful for the sport this offseason. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Uh, We are coming to you live, as always, from the seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. A reminder that ZipRecruiter can fill any job you're hiring for this holiday season, four out of five ZipRecruiter employers get a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny, ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. A lot of football today as usual, but... I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light. with Greeny. Give me the green light. The last big major league free agent contract has been signed. Carlos Correa has signed a deal for 37 seasons. Um, do I have that right? Is he, did he sign for 37 years? Uh, 13, but it's all the same. What, what is this? What, 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 what is this? The, 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 the contractual situation. I'm going to make an admission here. Because if there's one thing I'll always tell you, it's when I'm wrong. Right? No one is wrong more frequently than I am. 
So I'm more than willing to admit when I was wrong. When the NBA started having players jump around left and right, I told Adam Silver to his face I thought this was going to be bad for his league. I have subsequently told him I was dead wrong. Player movement in the NBA has been magnificent because it gives it changes the dynamic all the time. Players are here. Three years later, they're going there. Who, who is he going to play for next? Uh, the, the, the better teams get bad. The worst teams get better. All kinds of things happen. In baseball, the best players sign at minimum 10-year contracts, and then you just never hear from them again. It's as though there's no point in talking about it. Carlos Correa has signed a 13-year, $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. I'm in no way here to tell you that he's not worth that money. If any human being can be worth that much money to play a game, I suppose he is. He's a genuinely great player at a time... You could, you could almost describe this, I think, as like a renaissance era for the position in the sport right now, right? I mean, oh, yeah. going back, what's the last time we had this many good young players uh, at that? I mean, is this, is, this, is this akin to like Nomar and A-Rod and Jeter? Like, is this, is this that level of good? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Carlos Correa is a Hall of Fame talent. He got a 13-year deal to go to the Giants. Got a 13-year deal. Trey Turner, outstanding talent. Got 11 years to go to the Phillies. 11 years. Xander Bogarts, 11 years to go to San Diego. 11 years. I mean, so like, it's like we're putting together teams and we're saying that this is just going to be what this team is now until the end of time. And I agree with you on the NBA front. Like, that's the genius of Adam Silver. It's the genius of the NBA machine. It is not hyperbole to say that, that Kawhi Leonard has played less for the Clippers than we talked about where he was going to play next. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's because Adam Silver realized that the player movement is actually more interesting than the games. Now, it's one thing, in this case, you know, Correa, some of these other free agents to sign. Like, they are, look, if I, if I were in his shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. Well, of course Find you a piece do the of paper that thing. says I can do that. Right. But the most interesting thing about Aaron Judge's season wasn't that he hit 62 home runs. It's that he was going to be a free agent. And the worst thing about baseball is when players sign 13-year deals five years before they can become a free agent. It makes baseball much less interesting. And in relation (laughs) to the NBA and even the NFL, uh, in some sense, baseball is operating at a major disadvantage because their celebrities just get stuck in one spot. And no matter how good or how bad those teams are, they're stuck there. Look, every sport has three seasons. You have the regular season, you have the postseason, and you have the offseason. In the best-case scenario, every sport's best season would be their postseason. You want that to be. The, the, the competition for the championship has got to be the best part of your year. And for the most part, I think that's true of all of the sports. Basketball has gotten to a point right now where their offseason has become as interesting as their regular season to at least some degree, and I think that is a big positive. In baseball, I don't like these long contracts it, it renders so much of this stuff just almost – I can't put my finger on exactly why. How old is Carlos Correa? He's 28. So he has now signed a contract to go from the time that he is 28 to the time that he is 41 years it old. It just makes it less interesting. It just it's makes all, it all, all less it interesting. It absolutely is. And, again, I feel a need to continuously run down our credits as a baseball show. We respect baseball and talk about baseball – I think differently than almost any other show that is doing this stuff nationally because we love it and care about it. So I'm not sitting here telling you we we, our our primary baseball topics are not, well, is this good for the sport or bad for the sport? That's the cheap and easy way to go about talking about baseball. But today we need to do it because 
these 13-year contracts, in my opinion, are just not good for the sport. It is a good thing for the sport that we have owners throwing haymakers and giving massive deals. It means the sport is in a great space financially, economically. And after the pandemic, I suppose, I'm not surprised that this is happening. But I bet you, even in an honest moment, people in the commissioner's office would say, it is not a fundamentally good thing for baseball that one of its best young stars, a potential Hall of Fame shortstop, is going to spend the next 13 years in San Francisco. Like, if they can't build anything around him, the next thing you'll hear about Carlos Correa is when he retires. Right. And that's why Mike Trout's career has been absolutely ruined. He signed the same contract with the Angels, and he should regret it for the rest of his life, and baseball is less for it. This is obviously a bit of a different circumstance because <coughs> Correa was a free agent and he's not a player of Trout's caliber, but the rule still applies. That said, we now basically have all of the big free agent signings have come and gone. You mentioned Turner, you mentioned Correa, you mentioned Judge. We've seen the big deals. So give me right now, and I, I'm, not, I'm not even holding you to a, a, a length of list. Give me the biggest winners, be they individuals or teams or whatever it is. Who are the biggest winners from baseball's Hot stove. So I think the biggest winner so far is the New York Mets. And that's because of the way that they have rebuilt their pitching staff. They signed Justin Verlander, a Japanese pitcher by the name of Kodai Senga, and Jose Quintana. Three starters to, a, to, to contracts that total $188 million. <laughs> you remember uh, how much money Jacob DeGrom got from It was Texas? like 160 or It was something, 185 right? Oh, 185 They're paying three guys for the price of one guy, their old guy. And those three players are going to multiply the value that Jacob DeGrom provides the Texas Rangers. The Mets spent a lot of money, but they absolutely got this thing no, right. I totally agree. We said it at the time. The, the Mets fans bemoaning the loss of DeGrom. I get it. You were emotionally attached to him, and, and there is something spectacular about You know what? He's like he's like um, uh, what is the, 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 the meteor shower that you get? To, it, could be, it, it happens very seldom, but when you do, it's Haley's spectacular. Comet. Haley's Comet. It just comes across like maybe, you know, nine, ten times a season. <laughs> like, oh, look how great that was. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, he's hurt. It's an elbow. And, okay, and then oh, we'll see him again next he's, year. He, he, he is, like, his whole, on his Hall of Fame plaque should be a picture of his face and the trainer holding his arm as he exits the mound <laughs> see, in the fourth inning. That's exactly right. game in August. No, no, no. There should be, they should put the name Tommy John on his plaque. <laughs> we all, that's, okay, so. So anyway, I don't mean to make fun of the guy. He's hurt, and he does the best he the can. The point is, the Mets maximized Big the value winners. there. I, I actually am seeing people say to me that if they don't make the World Series this year, it'll be a loss. It, uh, it'll, it'll be a, a disappointment. On the other side of the spectrum, I think it's pretty clear that the biggest loser throughout this whole process is the Boston Red Sox. So the Boston Red Sox offered Xander Bogarts, their another potential Hall of Fame shortstop, franchise icon, beloved by the fan base, a meager salary before the season started. They allowed him to be exposed to free agency, and then the San Diego Padres, like they do with everybody, signed him to an 11-year, $280 million contract. That same day, they signed a 5'9 outfielder from Japan to a huge deal. It was not a, it was not a good day to be a Red Sox fan, even if that player winds up being awesome. But what they've done makes absolutely no sense. They're positioned less favorably moving forward than any team in their division by a long shot. Yeah, and it's interesting that that has befallen them because I'm old enough to remember when we used to talk about the arms race between the Yankees and the Red Sox, financially speaking, and they've just fallen out of that completely. They don't even bother spending money. Since Bloom got there, he's been there for three seasons as, as GM for the Red Sox. They finished last in their division twice, which is as many times as the Yankees have finished last in their division since 1913. All right, the Red Sox are doing awful things. Hmm. The Yankees are at least keeping pace, and fans right now in Boston are incensed. Yes, and, and yet it is the Yankee fan that wants their general manager fired Every as year. opposed to everybody else. All right, so those are our takes for this morning. And now let us hear from you. The question actually is, what do you want to know? 
My number is 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. You tell us what you want to know. We'll do our best to answer after this word from FanDuel. Football season is heating up. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up with the promo code PLAY. The app is safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. FanDuel is all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So sign up today with the promo code PLAY for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9 with it in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP-LOUISIANA, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY, or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Uh, It is time for you to jump in here. The question is, what do you want to know? (coughs) As we roll along here, and we, the assembled members of the Hashtag crew, will do our best to answer your question as you become a part of Greeny Nation. On the Dr. Pepper call in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper, an in-college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Now, Bubba is not here today. He is doing his legendary TWT. He takes Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday off when he takes time off, which at first we thought was insane, and then we realized it's actually genius. It is a brilliant way to take time off if you are not going to just take a bunch of consecutive time and travel. It is a genius way to go about it. So he's doing the TWT. So, Nuno, who is handling our calls today? So we have Ben today. All right, Ben, uh, who is first up here for uh, us on ESPN Radio? So we got Matt from Kansas up first. All right, Matt, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Matt, what do you want to know? Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, I just wanted to call real quick. I wanted to know, are my Cincinnati Bengals going to win out, go 13-4, and and get the number one seed in the AFC? So they've got Buffalo still on the schedule, and they've beaten Kansas City. So if they they can get those tiebreakers to swing in their division, give me their schedule the rest of the way. At Tampa. That's an easy win. I mean, that is like a, that is the win of all time. Please put the Buccaneers away. I can't watch them anymore. At New England? I think Cincinnati wins that. And they host the Bills. <laughs> host the Bills. So that's the game. And then? They host the Ravens. So, boy, they finish with a bang, right? Those are two monster games. But both at home. The, the, both at home. 
So both those games, the game against Buffalo could be for the one seed. The game against Baltimore could be for the division. The Ravens aren't going away because their schedule is easy. So, Matt, the answer to your question is, do I think they get the one seed? My gut says no, but I also don't think that matters that much. Well, I shouldn't say that. The one seed matters because you get the bye. But I'm not afraid of Joe Burrow having to go on the road. I don't think they can't win at Buffalo. I don't think they can't win at Kansas City. I don't think they can't win at Baltimore. I don't think there's anywhere in the AFC or anywhere in the NFL they can't go win. Now, obviously, having the bye is a huge advantage. And they do win out, though. The head-to-head over Buffalo and Kansas City, that would do it. They got the tiebreaker in both. Do they? But Buffalo has one fewer loss than – oh, but that would be their loss. The head-to-head. They would lose one more game. Does, doesn't Kansas City have one fewer loss? Yes, so they're going to have to get They need up. Kansas City to lose. One more game. They need Kansas City to drop one more game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. I don't, I, I don't think the one seed feels likely without having studied all the rest of what goes on for them. But right now, I would pick the Bengals to win the AFC. If you told me right now, bet on one team in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl, Cincinnati is the team I would take. It's Greening on ESPN Radio. Who's next? Our main man, Allen, is us next. Allen, you're on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Allen, what do you want to know? I want to know, Greeny, you're going to love me for this. Tell me that the parables between the Jets this year are not the equivalent of the Eagles last year, minus that you guys are now going to have $100 million to spend in free agency. And I hope you guys don't get uh, Mike White killed before he's able to produce for you guys. So here's the difference. If, If you're saying that the Jets next year could be where the Eagles are now, I understand what you're saying. Here's the point. Now, here's the difference. Jalen Hurts has turned himself into and has been developed into. This is an organizational success story par excellence. And Hurts gets the majority of the credit, but everyone deserves some credit when things go this well. The Eagles have a great quarterback. I don't want to get into a fight now about whether he's as good as Mahomes or Allen or whatever. He is a genuinely excellent NFL quarterback (coughs) right this minute. I don't know that the Jets have that on their roster. Uh, there's no reason to think Zach is going to be that next year. And I think it's quite unlikely that Mike White next year is as good as Jalen Hurts is right now. Now, I think the Jets have a chance if they spend their money wisely. And, and, and I have a lot of faith now in the general manager, as bad as the Zach Wilson pick might turn out to be. His drafts have been sensational uh, the last two years. I think mean, the Jets have a chance to be ridiculously talented, like Super Bowl caliber talented. The problem is they play in the AFC, not Jalen Hurts' NFC. They play in the AFC, and that's where Mahomes plays and Allen plays and uh, Burrow plays and Lamar Jackson plays and a bunch of other guys. And if you're going to beat those teams, I think you got to have at least someone who can look at them toe-to-toe, and I, I don't know that we have that. No, you do not, but you're at least halfway there because you have a dominant defense that should get better. So you're not going to beat those three teams by matching them with quarterback play, you're going to beat those three teams on the other side of the ball, and you at least have a really good head start there. What you need is it merely a quarterback you can win with. I don't think he's on your roster. Maybe Mike White is that guy. We'll see. If Brandon says Gardner Minshew one more time, so help me, I'm ejecting him from the studio. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Ben, who's next? Next up, we got Eric. Eric, what do you want to know, my friend? Hey. Hi, Eric. All right, I want to know where was Michael Parsons when the Eagles played them earlier this season? Uh, so let, let's just make sure everyone knows what Eric is talking about. Micah Parsons was on Von Miller's podcast. That's remarkable. How do these people have the time to be on all these podcasts all the time? I don't know. Someone's always on a podcast somewhere, these players. But anyway, he's on Von Miller's <coughs> podcast, and he 
was was definitively selling short. I think I have it, right? Is that the soundbite on my screen here, Nuno? Yes. All right, I'll play it. This is Micah Parsons talking about Jalen Hurts on the podcast of Von Miller. Is it Hurts or the team? I think it's a little bit of both, man. I think it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's, a little, it's, it's system and team. I think it's a little bit of both, man. I'm not, I'm not trying to make no enemies. I I just like I just love the game so much, and I understand it so much that like I can't I, I like I like when things are off, I I just can't like hold it in. Like I almost gotta say something. So that's Micah Parsons basically saying he loves football so much that he can no longer allow people to go around saying Jalen Hurts is great. That he's got to point out that it is the team and not the player. That that that's what Micah Parsons is saying, right? Right. And to answer the caller's question, where was Micah Parsons? <clears throat> In the last time the Eagles and the Cowboys played, he was just getting run all over. Because that's the worst kept secret in the NFL, is that while Micah Parsons is a legitimate Hall of Fame caliber pass rusher, you can run at him all day long. The Eagles can, the Eagles did, and the Eagles will continue to. Yeah, we'll see. In a week and a half, the Cowboys are going to have to stop the run against Philly because they couldn't do it last time. And they, will, they won't have Cooper Rush as their quarterback, so they'll have a chance to go toe-to-toe offensively if it turns into a shootout. I actually like the Cowboys better in a shootout in that game than a close game, I mean, in a low-scoring game. Hmm. Like, I think the Cowboys have a better chance of beating the Eagles 37-33 than 17-13. If you had to pick that game today, who wins it? Dallas. You feel good about it? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I don't. But I'd like to see it happen. Uh, you know, I've been a talk show host a really long time, and I've never seen the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. I would sure like it. That'd be very good for your ratings and mine. So I am all in on that, and and that's what I'm rooting for, and I don't think it's impossible. But there haven't been too many times we've gone into the playoffs and I thought they had a real chance at it. If you told me right now, if you told me right this minute that I had to bet an amount of money that mattered to me on which team is coming out of the NFC, a week ago I would have said San Francisco. But they lose Garoppolo and they lose Debo? Now, I know they're saying Debo's going to come back, but what's he going to be? He's going to come back during this regular season. He's got a, a, a sprained knee and a high ankle sprain? Like, is he going to be the dynamic playmaker that he is? And look, I don't, I don't want to hear it anymore with this Brock Purdy. I mean, we need to see it for oh, more than a on. week against on a the terrible team. We got to see this more than once against a terrible Tampa team. A Tampa team that has given up. They stink. They're awful. So I need to see that. Let's see them against Seattle tomorrow night. I just can't pick Brock Purdy and a banged-up Debo Samuel to beat Philly. But how good is it. the defense? <coughs> San Francisco? Mm-hmm. The best. Really good. The best in the whole sport. Really, really good. I know that, but they're going to have to make a play somewhere. Here's my favorite stat about the San Francisco defense. They have yet to allow a 60-yard rusher, a 60-yard individual rusher this season. They're the only team ever, ever to do that across 13 consecutive games within a season. Any 13 games, much Any. less the first 13 games. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're elite defensively, and they have elite weapons on the offense. And their quarterback is Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, he is a seventh-round rookie out of Iowa State. He's going mean, to have to win that game in Philly. He's going to have to win that game in Philly, and he's going to have to win a couple of other tough games in order to get to that game in Philly. It's just very hard to pick. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Ben, who's next? Now we got Johnny O. All right, Johnny O, what do you want to know? Greeny, the undefeated, the undisputed. Man, brother, I got to ask how the Mason Blue is going to do when the dust settles in those college playoffs. I, th- I think they're in a pretty good spot, right? Like, they got the good matchup. Like, I have zero issue. I know Hembo yelled at me, quite out of pocket, I might add, 
yelled at me on the air after the selection day by telling me that it was unfair that Georgia, as the number one team, had to play Ohio State while Michigan got to play TCU. And I told you that it was handled exactly right. No one wants to see a rematch of Michigan-Ohio State in the semifinal. If that game is going to happen, they're both going to have to earn the trip there. I think Michigan does. I think Michigan beats TCU. So they go to the championship game at that point. What would they be, 14-0? and Right? They've played 13. Right? They played the Big Ten championship yep. game. So they're 13-0 and now. They would be, they'll be 14-0. and I think they'll play Georgia. I think Georgia beats – who do you think – who wins Georgia-Ohio State? I think we're going to get two Big Ten teams <clears throat> in the national championship. You think Ohio State beats Georgia? I do. Nuno, you agree with that? Does Ohio State beat Georgia? Up, oh, Nuno's on the phone. So <laughs> Nuno can't answer that question, By the but way, I'll answer it for him. He doesn't agree with you. Would you spot Michigan seven and a half points against TCU? Yeah. Me too. Here's the thing. When you, these semifinal games have almost none of them have been close because when you give teams a month to prepare, generally speaking, the cream rises to the top and the better team wins by a lot. I think TCU is going to embarrass themselves. We're also because we're also in a place now where we've been putting teams in because they, quote, deserve it as opposed to genuinely picking the four you, best teams. And you told me that was the right method. It here. is the right method. It's the right thing to do. You have to reward teams. Otherwise, the season didn't matter. But if you put Alabama in the spot that TCU is in right now, we wouldn't be talking about a seven and a half point spread. This has to be a consideration. So the, <clears throat> the average the average margin of victory in the CFP semifinal. I want you to guess the average margin of victory across these games. Since no, I'm going to say it's, 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 it's over two touchdowns. It's three. It's 21 points. 21 points. There have been a total of three <laughs> one-possession games in the semifinal since 2014. Real quick, so now, are you advocating TCU shouldn't be in the playoffs? No. Hembo? Hembo, Hembo. Oh, Hembo. Because I remember before USC lost, so that week leading up, and we had the conversation, if USC had won, but TCU lost, that they still should be in the playoffs. That's what Hembo was saying, that they still should have been in the playoffs over like a one-loss Ohio State team. It just feels like you're changing your no, no, argument. you're using would and should incorrectly. Our number said TCU could afford to lose and still get in. And you said they should be in if they still lose, if they had lost. No, they would. My opinion is that a one-loss TCU should not have gotten in. It's eh, very I clear. Think, I don't think that was your opinion. That this is not why people it. shake nerds. That they're not one of the before best teams. Pull the tape. Pull the tape. Those, those new Geico commercials where you like throw the red challenge flag for something basic in life, right? I, I guarantee you I did not say that. Well, here's the point. You, so what you're saying then, because... You're burying yourself even further into a terrible position. You're saying that they should not pick the four most deserving teams. They should just pick who they arbitrarily think that week are the four best. No, I think it's a 50-50 split. The BCS did a really good job at most deserving. We don't need a committee if they're only going to do that. Right, we don't need a committee. We We don't need a committee. A committee is a complete waste of... What are we doing with a committee? Well, let, let me ask you a question. Lose the music a second, Okay. What is the last time anyone ever said, well, thank goodness we had a committee on anything? A committee sucks. A committee to decide anything is a bad thing, okay? A committee is a collection of people who are just justifying their existence by setting the date for their next meeting. That's the only thing a committee can appropriately do. There is no earthly reason that a collection of human beings should be deciding who they think are the four best teams, and that should be how we decide who plays for the championship. It has to be based on criteria that are designed and set up on the field. This should be done by a computer. Let the computer pick four teams. Let the computer pick 12 teams. 
whatever it is you want to do. Nothing that is done by a committee is better. That is not true. Catering companies benefit from them a lot. That's correct. A lot. They sit there and they eat shrimp salad on croissants and they and they talk. No, I think TCU. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. If they played each other, I'm positive they'd win. But, These are the, they would they would predict half the games wrong Greeny, like everybody you, else. How does. many committees have you assigned Bubba to? That's the point because Bubba needs something to justify True. his outrageously inflated salary. So that's what I want to do. Is in order to get Bubba the hell out of my hair, I will say I need to put a, get put together a fact finding committee to look into this. And I would like Bubba, if he has time, to chair that Bubba's committee. Like, uh, TCU. Correct. That's exactly right. That's exactly what they do. They sit there. They watch the games like the rest of us. They eat the shrimp salad on a croissant. And then they look at each other and say, I don't know. Who do you like? And then they just get on with their day. And, then, and we live by this. No. That's today's hard, fast rule. Get rid of all committees. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.